with insights and analysis of today's rapidly shifting world. Welcome to the Jewish Patriot Show with Talk Radio's premier Jewish activist, Cindy Gross, featuring exclusive interviews with today's top newsmakers and trendsetters. And now, your Jewish Patriot, Cindy Gross. Hello, and welcome to the Jewish Patriot. I am your host, Cindy Gross, today's premier Jewish women activists, bringing you the news from around the world and the latest trends that interest all patriots, regardless of political party. My Yiddish name is Ziesel Perl, Sweet Pearl, and I want you to join me in my opening pearls of wisdom because there's a lot going on around the world that we could all learn a little bit about and during this holiday season, actually think about getting along. My opening statement is regarding Donald Trump and the Jews. I recently had an article published through Human Events, the Manhattan uh, website that you could download regarding the relationship of Donald Trump and the Jews and why it is very important not to label Donald Trump an anti-Semite or disavow his beliefs in working with the Jewish people should he be the nominee in 2024 for president. As many of you know, Donald Trump was the greatest friend to Israel that anybody ever had as a president from either party. There was no question about it. And his work with Israelis not only benefited Jews, but for anybody who believes in Judeo-Christian values, including moderate Arabs who actually live in Israel, Arab women who can actually drive and dress the way they please, get educations, make money, and decide how they want to have a family in Israel, as opposed to all the Arab countries around them. We know all the accomplishments. I don't have to list them again, but they are listed in the article. Let me tell you a little secret. Any good business person, any common sense person will tell you, and I could tell you this from making shidduchs or matches for people to marry, nobody should get along with somebody 100% of the time. But what makes a success is meeting the enemy, is finding out if there is a way to make peace, whether or not it's in politics and government relations or, you know, overcoming a fight within your family. Donald Trump is known to be loyal. And you know, you've seen the pictures, you've heard the videos, you know he has a relationship with Kanye West. Whatever the relationship is, and as a presidential candidate, he has to meet everyone, including those that we don't necessarily agree with. I'm not faulting Donald Trump for meeting Kanye West. But I am going to point out some things that I find very fascinating about the story. I find that many Jews and many on the left are suddenly using this dinner, one dinner at Mar-a-Lago, as an entire reason to distance themselves from Donald Trump. 
And that will be a problem should he be the nominee and he does win the primaries. I also find it odd that Nick Fuentes was able to come to a dinner without going through any kind of security uh, checking pre, you know, beforehand. Because anybody who's been to the White House or with any event with Donald Trump, I just had this last month when I was at a gala he attended. We had to give all kinds of information to the Secret Service before we could even enter a building with Donald Trump. And he allowed someone he didn't know into Marlago. But it shouldn't be surprising because there were other people all over Instagram and Facebook and Twitter that are at Marlago that really shouldn't be. So here's a little advice to Donald Trump. Learn who your enemies are and fix up your team of advisors so that 2020 doesn't happen again. And finally, here's a note to the Jewish leadership, the rabbis, the nonprofit organizations, the religious institutions, the private schools. Teach the facts. And the facts are that Donald Trump was and is a great friend of Israel. He handled it wrong also as he tweeted out the wrong information that twisted the story. He should have tweeted something out about, I wanted to meet Kanye and discuss why he hates Jews so much. Or, I want him to come sit down and talk to Jared and Ivanka and my Jewish grandchildren and explain to him why Jews and non-Jews build success the best. Or tell him that he would like to arrange meetings with people like Rabbi Marvin Heyer of the Simon Wiesenthal Center and to meet Holocaust survivors. I mean, he could have brought me, my mother-in-law, her brother, survivors of Auschwitz, and many of the people that we know in the Jewish clergy. Instead of suddenly distancing themselves They should say, let's have this opportunity to fight anti-Semitism. First of all, we now have a household name in Nick Fuentes that many people never knew. But more importantly, we're learning this battle of anti-Semitism is much harder to fight than we originally thought. And with social media, it's getting worse. And here's a note to the left that's trying to make much more of this than it really is. Talk to your own president, who sits every day and praises Ilan Omar, who sits and is now making deals with the leaders of Venezuela and Iran. Because one day it's hating the Jews, but the next day it's hating you. Tell me what you think and reach out to me on social media, because this discussion is not over. In fact, it's far from it. In the latest spy thriller from PenCraft first place award-winning novelist Jeffrey S. Stevens comes his best character yet, CIA operative Nick Reagan in The Handler. The Handler is the new heart-pounding, dizzying global conspiracy novel that follows the adventure of two CIA operatives from New York to Pakistan, Paris, Las Vegas, and ultimately, America's heartland as they race to prevent a series of terrorist attacks. Here's what's being said about The Handler. Think Jason Bourne for The New Millennium. Ryan Steck, editor-in-chief, The Real Book Spot. 
pulsing with reality, the handler takes you to the precipice with thrills and terror at every hairpin turn. Best-selling author Chris Beakey. A taut terrorism thriller that mesmerizes with a dizzying global conspiracy and believable stakes. BestThrillers.com Available now on Amazon.com and wherever you get your favorite books. Get your copy and put yourself right in the middle of the CIA's toughest mission yet. My award-winning novel, Jeffrey S. Stevens. Welcome back. I am super excited about our next guest because her book debuted this week. And not only did it debut this week, but I am finally, after so many times between COVID and other events going on, we planned like at least a dozen times to get together. And finally, tomorrow, we are going to be together in person. But not only is Rebitz and Rochie Pinson such a great Chala Baker, and she shares all her talents because her book, her first book, Rise, is such a great book, The Rise of Chala. But she inspires people, both Jewish and non-Jewish, to explore bread making, which probably most people, I guess, out of all the cooking techniques, it's they, they fear the most, including myself. She has a brand new book out, and it's perfect for the holidays. It's the perfect gift for Hanukkah, a stocking stuffer. You don't have to be Jewish to bake delicious challah, but it's all about family time and traditions, which is so needed right now and festivities. Rachi Pinson, thank you so much for joining the Jewess Patriot. Oh, I'm so excited to be here with you. This is fun. I have my coffee. I'm getting my morning started. What better way? We'll have a well, good chat. there is a better way. We could talk about the brand new book. I can't wait to to get it, and I am super excited because this year I became a grandma, and my ne- my grandson is young enough that he could play with the dough. Oh, perfect! Tell us That's what perfect. inspired you to write the book about uh, kids and challah. Okay, so first, let me do a quick uh, show and tell. So here it is: the brand new, the kids' book of challah. Um, super fun cover and it's really not, it's, it's not, it's not a babyish childish book. And one of the first things, you know, when I started to write this book, I said, you know, I've always had, I've always had a lot of respect for children. Um, and I I have my own four, thank God, who are not so little anymore, but, um, I've always felt a deep empathy with children and really relate to them as real people, not as, and, and when I wrote this book, I, I wanted to speak to them in that way and not do some silly, like Nickelodeon style cookbook, which when I went into the uh, bookstores to see, you know, what's out there, I was like, is this what people think kids are and want? Like, it was just like such an overload of, color and information and just like it was like overwhelming to the senses and I really wanted to create something just like my first challah cookbook which was meant to sort of bring that idea of what happens to the home when you bake challah and what happens to us when we bake challah and just create this book that conveyed that warmth and um, the spirituality also the the physical warmth that 
baking bread, that baking challah brings to the home and to our lives. And I wanted to bring that into the kids' book as well. So I created something that is calming. It's it's gorgeous. It's so beautiful. And adults and kids um, get excited looking at it. But it really respects the child as, you know, come on into the kitchen and let's let's have an adventure together. And um, that's what I call the book Challah Adventures for the whole family. And I really do feel like baking together is an adventure. And um, especially in these days when we're so scattered all over the place. And how often do we find ourselves in one place quietly together with our children, with our grandchildren? Uh, the kitchen is the perfect place to reconnect and to create something together. And then when you take that thing that you're creating, and it's not just nourishing the body, but it's something that nourishes the soul and brings an awareness of a higher presence in the world and reconnects us to our roots and traditions, then you really have the perfect recipe for a challah adventure. <laughs> and one thing I could tell you, and anybody who's seen the uh, your original challah book, the, the photos are gorgeous, and your settings are not limited to Jewish themes, although challah is a very big part of the mitzvah for Jewish women or good deeds. But I have to tell you, so many of my non-Jewish friends use your challah recipes when they make uh, bread puddings, when they yeah. make French toast, and they don't use challah for Friday night and Saturday. They'll make it on a Sunday brunch, a Wednesday night dairy dinner, or you know where they want to have like fun food that the kids like with sweets, or even as part of desserts with ice cream sundays. So the yeah. The, the ideas in your books are limitless for everybody year round daily. Yeah. And it's not, it's not just about, you know, challah as we know it, you know, we call it, you know, the Jewish bread or the, the Shabbat bread or holiday bread, but you know, every culture has its um, breads that they use for their sacred times or their family get togethers and, um, their own holidays. So bread is such a deep part of every culture's roots and traditions. And um, ha- the, the word challah, you know, even though it's come to mean our Shabbat bread or the Jewish, you know, Shabbat bread is really doesn't mean bread at all. It's the gift of dough that we take off in the process of making that bread. And that's where the word challah comes from. So that really applies to everyone. It's just when we bake, when we live our lives, can we be aware that there is a higher force, that there's a higher presence in our lives that that all the blessings are coming from? So I was also excited to have you because you are a Rebbitzin, a rabbi's wife, and you do give a lot of inspirational talks. And a lot of them, sometimes I watch, if I'm available, live on Instagram and Facebook. And I have to ask you, as we close and before we actually tell our viewers where to buy the book, uh, we want to hear a little bit of inspiration during these times, especially this season, because this season is really, I always say it's the nicest time of the year. People are a little bit nicer to each other. They'll yeah. say, you know, an extra happy holidays or they'll buy extra gifts. They'll think about people that aren't maybe with them around all the time. So what kind of inspiration do you want to share with our audience? 
Um, I love that, that people are nicer at this time of year. And maybe it's because we're focused on giving to others. And, you know, when we focus on other people, we we become our best selves. And that's why I called my first book Rising. And it's really about that when we give, like when we take off that piece of dough, which is called challah, when we give that from the deepest part of ourselves, sorry, (laughs) that's when we actually become our fullest selves. That's when we rise to our best selves, when we can give from the very best of who we are. And I feel like when I wrote this book for children, I really wrote it to get the whole family together in the kitchen, continuing tradition, creating an environment um, that children are happy to come home to, that uh, feels safe and warm and links us to the traditions of our ancestors, whatever that might be. And um and baking has such a power to do that. And challah is not just baking. And people who tell me, I don't make challah, I'm not a baker. I always say, challah is not baking. Making bread is not baking. It's a whole different thing. It's such an experiential um, experience. <laughs> it's such a, it's a time to reconnect with the roots of our nourishment and our sustenance. And it's quiet and it's slower and it takes us back to a time when things took time to happen and we appreciated right. that things that good things take time to grow. And That's I want to give that. Yeah, I want to give that to our, the children of the next generation. Not everything has to be quick. Not everything has to happen right now. The best stuff takes time. Um, just like I'll that. just give you a little. I'm not a great challah baker. It's one of the things I'm not good at. But well, we have to I, bake together. We might change that. <laughs> absolutely. You'll come back on the show. We'll do a live uh, baking. I'm into it. I'm into so, it. What we, but I, I have to tell you, talk about slow. For the first time, I did not take out all the machines that I bought for the bread. And I actually kneaded the bread by hand. But Thanksgiving, I made in the shape of a turkey. It was by far the best challah I ever ever made. And everybody said, not only did it taste great, and I used your basic recipe, but I enhanced the little things of mine. Yeah, but, I love that. But what I did was I let it rise. I did a double rise. I let it, took the time. There you go. There and you that's go. that's a great Whenever lesson. Whenever people tell me their challah's not coming out good, I said, you're just not giving it enough time, you know? So where can our audience buy the book? I know you have a whole bunch of live appearances coming up. I know within the tri-state area, but where can we buy the book? Okay. So this book is now available on Amazon, first of all. Um, So that is, oh, sorry, I got disconnected. That's number one. Um, All the Jewish bookstores, all the Judaica stores, the kitchen stores, they have this book. So go ahead grab a copy. Um, if you follow me on Instagram at Rachi Pinson, uh, you will see where I'll be. And if you find me along my way, you can get a signed copy with a free gift. This book is not just challah. It's really just an opportunity to have an adventure in the kitchen. Um, and if you're making bread anyways, or challah anyways, you just take off a little piece of that dough and there's hundreds of of delightful, magical creations that children can make on their own or with their favorite adults. And I hope that um, everyone who sees this will 
uh, embark on their own challah adventure and reconnect with their roots, with the tradition, with the warmth of um, being in the kitchen and being in the home with our loved ones. Rebbitz and Rachi Pinson, thank you so much for being with the Jewess Patriot. Thank I can't wait me. to get this book and to actually share it with the young people in my life. Yay. Yay. And take pictures when you bake. I want to see. Absolutely. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for having me. In the latest spy thriller from Pencraft first place award-winning novelist, Jeffrey S. Stevens, comes his best character yet. CIA operative Nick Reagan in The Handler. The Handler is the new heart-pounding, dizzying global conspiracy novel that follows the adventure of two CIA operatives from New York to Pakistan, Paris, Las Vegas, and ultimately, America's heartland as they race to prevent a series of terrorist attacks. Here's what's being said about The Handler. Think Jason Bourne for The New Millennium, Ryan Steck, Editor-in-Chief, The Real Book Spot. Pulsing with reality, The Handler takes you to the precipice with thrills and terror at every hairpin turn. Best-selling author, Chris Beakey. And a taut terrorism thriller that mesmerizes with a dizzying global conspiracy and believable stakes. BestThrillers.com Available now on Amazon.com and wherever you get your favorite books. Get your copy and put yourself right in the middle of the CIA's toughest mission yet. My award-winning novel, Jeffrey S. Stevens. Welcome back. What better way to discuss holiday entertaining, holiday gift-giving, than to discuss luxury wines? Joining us now from the Nadiv Winery is Dan Wasseloff, and he is going to discuss with us the unique story. It's an international story, but it's one really very interesting story about a gift you can give to yourself, to others. It's a great hostess gift for any party you're going to. Uh, it is a great uh, stocking stuff, a gift. And it's something that you can buy and give last minute when you have to get a gift for somebody you forgot about. Dan, thank you so much for joining the Jewess Patriot. Hi, Cindy. Sure. I'm happy to be here. So Dan and I have been planning for years. How can we talk about the wines? Because they are so delicious. And we finally got it together. And I'm so excited because one thing I know that I hear about from all of my followers is that I have turned on so many non-Jews to award-winning kosher wines. And they realize that wines from Israel, wines from France, the United States that are kosher are just as good, if not better, than wines that are non-kosher. And... Tell us why kosher wines are so popular and why they are so good. The main reason, um, essentially what has happened over the the past 50 years, is that the techniques alongside the technology that has improved over the past 50, 40, 30 years has made kosher wine almost uh, the same as non-kosher wine. Meaning, in order to make wine, the machinery, um, the mevushal versus not mevushal, 
all that has improved so much that now kosher wine can compete, not, not, not in terms of pricing, obviously, can compete head-to-head directly against non-kosher wines. I'm going to disagree with you because kosher wines are in a competitive uh, way with non-kosher wines. You can get quality bottles for $20 and $50 bottles. Not everyone is a $1,000 bottle, you know. There are quality wines. And, of course, because we drink so much wine regularly, weekly, we need quality wine. It's part of our uh, religious practice, but it's also part of our enjoyment and entertainment. So they are affordable. Tell us a little bit about the Nadeep winery. Affordable. But what I was saying is that I'm very familiar also with the French wines. Okay, I worked in Bordeaux. When when you buy when you buy a kosher French Margot, okay, the same vintage, the same grapes of the non-kosher Margot is going to be cheaper than the kosher version. So that's what I meant in terms of quality. You are a hundred percent right. You can get delicious wines for twenty five, thirty dollars. It's it's everywhere. You can find them everywhere now. Tell us, your winery is so unique. It has such a unique history. Tell us a little bit about uh, the winery and its origins and how it has grown internationally. Right. So the, the name of the uh, the name of the winery is Nadiv. Okay, and that's in reference to the first um, Baron of Rothschild that moved to Israel in the 19th century, and he was known as Hanadiv because he was very wealthy and he was gifting a lot of people a lot of things to acquire land, and he started growing wine actually there in the 19th century. So that's in reference to Hanadiv. Um, in terms of the recent history, um, in 1986, Pierre Miedovnik was the first uh, Jewish person, he, he lived in France, in, he actually is from Toulouse. Uh, he was working with some winery and then Royal Wine approached him to say, we want to make high-end French kosher wines. Um, Margot, Saint-Estephe, Pomerol. So he approached, he approached Rothschild and he's the one that made the first kosher cuvee of Rothschild in 86 and he came out in 1987. Now, Pierre Mirovnik, after that, was head of Royal Wine, um, French, uh, French kosher um, uh, wineries. So he's the one that for 20 years, made, 30 years almost made them. He moved to Israel and we said, can you try to apply some of the techniques that you learned and that you developed in France to make great Israeli wine? He said, yes. So we are not pretending to be a French wine, but we are an Israeli wine made by a legendary French winemaker. So you have brought with, a, uh, with us today two wines that you are recommending as perfect Hanukkah and Christmas gifts and perfect for the hostess planning a great meal or multiple meals. Which two wines are you recommending for our audience? These are the two wines. They're both from our Elyon line. One is half cab, half Syrah, 
age 18 months, and one is 100% cab. This one is the only wine in our line that is from a single grape, and all the other ones are blend, because I'm sure, as you're familiar, you know wine, 99% of French wines are blends. All the Margots, all the Saint-Estèphe, all the... From every region, it's usually mostly Merlot, some Cabernet Franc. So our winemaker, who's French, knows about blends. But the American market, they like Cabernet a lot. So it made sense to have one that's 100% Cab, and that's the black label. This one is half Cab, half Syrah. They're both aged 18 months. They're both uh, in half American, half French uh, barrels. Um, what you will find uh, unique about our wines is that while they are Israeli wines, they are not overly oaky. They're not super heavy. Um, no, they're not. Because our winemaker, from what he learned also, is that he doesn't wait for the grape to be fully ripe. He takes them before, so he gives you fresher wines, but still full of fruits, um, they're, they're, they're delicious. They're delicious. So when I go to the, you actually, your description was so accurate because when I go, let's say, to the wine festivals and we have an abundance of uh, taste, you know, ability to taste so many wines, you're right. It just, because I guess of the way it's made in the French style, it's not heavy on you and you don't really feel that heaviness. And you actually want more and more of it because it goes down so easily. So that's another great reason why I'm so glad we could uh, share this with our uh, listeners. Before we go, you have a unique background ourselves, and I am the Jewish patriot. And I do uh, like to discuss topics that are of super importance. And one topic that all of my listeners are interested in is the growth of anti-Semitism in America. And you are from France. And, you know, you joked and you said right now it feels like French Jews are safer than American Jews. And that I'd like you to just in a few, the last couple of minutes, just share with the audience because even our Jewish non, our non-Jewish followers are big supporters of Israel and are big Zionists who believe in Judeo-Christian values. What do you mean when you say it's safer for you to, to walk around France right now in Paris than it is for you to walk in New York or New Jersey? I grew up in Paris in the 19th arrondissement. When I came to visit my friends in 2002 in, uh, in New York, I, called my, I, I came to visit. I was already working uh, in a big accounting firm in France. And I called my parents and I said, I said, you know what? I don't think I want to come back. Um, and the reason for that is that I was attacked every week, going to school, going to work, couldn't wear my kippah. It was very, very, very difficult. And I felt that in the US, we had almost the advantages of, of, of Israel by being Jewish and, and we have also the resources here because it's a great it's a country it's a country with a lot of opportunities um, the past year year and a half we don't hear that many stories coming out of France but we hear a lot more of stories coming out of the US now thank God it's not I wouldn't say that it's more dangerous to walk in the streets of New York now than it is in the streets of France 
But that's usually how it starts. Before it gets ingrained in the, in the psyche of people that they're more comfortable cursing Jew. So I grew up with dirty Jew. It doesn't translate really well in English, but sal juif is an expression that I heard almost every day in the streets of Paris. And now we actually see it in the news in the US. So it's only a matter of time, in my opinion, before it gets, and I, I pray that we don't, but before it gets to a point where the same way it is in Paris, where you just can't walk with your kippah in the streets of Paris. And I tell people today it's the Jews, tomorrow it's you. It doesn't matter. Hate is hate. It's embedded into people through people that are jealous or have anger issues and have something else going on. Where can our listeners, our followers find you, find the wine company and order wines in case they don't have a wine store that uh, has it in stock? So they can find us on Instagram, Nadive underscore winery. And uh, kosherwine.com carries our entire lines. Some of, uh, some of the reshit, uh, most notably the rosé, are often out of stock because it's a very popular wine, but they're con- constantly replenishing and kosherwine.com is the best resource for that. Dan, thank you so much for joining us from Nadiv Winery. Uh, thank you. Great, so- great gift time, uh, giving time, great entertaining time to talk about wines and you don't have to be Jewish with Cindy and Dan to appreciate award-winning wines. We should also just tell our listeners and uh, followers that you also have uh, a great rosé. Yes, yes. Delicious I love the rosé. So there is a wide selection. We just brought two of a a huge line of award-winning wines. Thank you so much, and we hope to have you back in 2023. Definitely. Thank you, Cindy. Thank you for having me. Thank you. In the latest spy thriller from PenCraft first place award-winning novelist, Jeffrey S. Stevens, comes his best character yet, CIA operative Nick Reagan in The Handler. The Handler is the new heart-pounding, dizzying global conspiracy novel that follows the adventure of two CIA operatives from New York to Pakistan, Paris, Las Vegas, and ultimately, America's heartland as they race to prevent a series of terrorist attacks. Here's what's being said about The Handler. Think Jason Bourne for the new millennium. Ryan Steck, editor-in-chief, The Real Book Spy. Pulsing with reality, The Handler takes you to the precipice with thrills and terror at every hairpin turn. Best-selling author Chris Beakey. A taut terrorism thriller that mesmerizes with a dizzying global conspiracy and believable stakes. BestThrillers.com Available now on Amazon.com and wherever you get your favorite books. Get your copy and put yourself right in the middle of the CIA's toughest mission yet. My award-winning novel, Jeffrey S. Stevens. Welcome back. And as we are focusing on gifts, I always say to people, one of the best gifts to give is a book because it's budget-friendly, availability-friendly, and depending on the book you buy, you end up escaping into a world. And in today's day, you really want to escape. 
With the success of Maverick Top Gun movie, and of course, it's coming out in video, one of the best books with suspense and mystery, mystery and travel is written by our friend Jeffrey Stevens, and he's here to update us. He was here when the book debuted, and he's here to update us on all the excitement and share with us the tales of Nick Reagan. Thanks so much for joining us. Share with us what is going on with the books. It's getting rave reviews everywhere. Thanks, Cindy. Thanks so much for having me again. Yeah, I'm very, I'm very happy to say that The Handler is doing very well. Uh, the reviews have been great. People are appreciating it. They're getting it. Uh, one of the things that is really very gratifying, I had a prior um, spy thriller series, and I decided to create a new one with a new cast of characters because I wanted a strong female lead. So Nick Reagan, who's the featured name in the book, has a partner, Carol Gellos, based on someone who really was in the U.S. military, and she's a very strong character, and so women are really relating to this book. And I know that most of the time when you're doing thrillers, espionage, and so forth, it's, you know, it's all men, and it's all, you know, testosterone and all that sort of thing. And I guess women go to look at Top Gun because Tom Cruise is in it. But this is a book where women feature prominently in addition to Carol Gellos. There's uh, Nick Reagan's girlfriend, Erin David. And the story is terrific. It's, it's as you would imagine, it's a page turner. It starts right from the beginning. And the action keeps going right to the end with a lot of twists and a lot of surprises. And people are enjoying it. And that's, well, that's what it's about. It's entertainment. It's escapism. But there are also lessons in there to learn. So one of the, uh, and it happens to be from a woman, a five-star review, a twin terrorism thriller that mesmerizes with a dizzying global conspiracy and believable stakes. Fans of Kyle Mills and Brad Thor will love The Handler. And I didn't say the title because I really want to focus in, I'm glad you did, that you write series. And that's really important because in this day and age, people want more. And I know that you have another Nick Reagan book in the works. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Thank you. Thank you for mentioning that. Uh, yeah, we're working on one right now. Uh, I'm very excited about it because... It's very current also, as as the handler is, and it's really more a domestic story than an international one, although there is obviously international travel and international intrigue. A lot of it happens in the United States, and it involves different levels of corruption within not only the government, but in industry and big pharma and so forth. And so it really is, it's a fun ride also. Yeah, and I'm working on it. I'm having a good time doing it. Another female five-star review. If you're in the mood for a fast-paced post-9-11 spy action thriller, this is a pretty solid choice. It's well-written, and it comes with a lot of suspense, some good twists, and it keeps you entertained. So I'm so glad that we're discussing the power of a woman reader, a woman uh, buying a book about mystery and suspense traveling around the world, because in this day and age, we are hearing all about how everybody wants suspense and escaping. Yeah, it's uh, it's very gratifying for me. I don't know if that's taken from the, uh, there was one review where I rarely respond to reviewers, good or bad. You know, they do their job and, you know, I do my job and, you know, I write it and then, you know, you go say what you think about it. 
But there was one woman who so totally got it. She not only got the suspense and the thrills and the action, but she really got what I was trying to do in the book. And it just felt great to read a review like that. I said, wow, that's terrific. That's, you know, that's what makes writing fun in the end when people really understand where you're coming from. So Jeffrey is so much more than just a novelist. He's a very successful attorney. He uh, actually has a little secret to share. He's going to give us an exclusive little tip about a nonfiction book he has coming out. Yeah, it actually has just come out (laughs) as we speak. Um, You know, as a lawyer, I I didn't do many divorces, but I did a a number of them because friends trusted me and they wanted me to do them. And so I've been involved in enough of them. And uh, some of them were very high end celebrity divorces and so forth. And along the way, I just realized that we have a broken system when it comes to divorce. It really preys on people's misery and it becomes expensive and upsetting and so on. So I was talking to a psychiatrist friend of mine by the name of Ronald Raymond. And I said, you know, I've got this idea for a book called The Road to Splitsville. (laughs) And I'm not going to say it takes a lighthearted approach, but it's really a nuts and bolts approach to how to get divorced without making your life crazy. I said, are you willing to come in on this and, you know, give me some of the psychological input that I need? And so he did. And we had a good time doing it. And we created a number of questionnaires and worksheets and so forth that people when it's it's not a long book, but it's something that you really it's interactive. You get involved in it. And not only for divorce, I must say, although it wasn't intended for for anything but divorce. But somebody said to me the other day that it's a great way to look at your relationships anew because you start to ask these questions. And you get honest with yourself about where you are, you know, what you're responsible for in a relationship as opposed to your partner. Because, as you know, in divorce, everyone says the same thing. Oh, he was a he was a slime ball. He cheated on me or, you know, she was a drinker or she took all my money, whatever it is. It's always the other person's fault. But we know that's not true. It just isn't true in real life. It's a 50 50 proposition. So if you're married to someone who's an alcoholic, some of that lands in your lap. I'm not saying all of it. But in some ways, you know, people are enablers or so on and so so forth. Or, and anyway, without getting too deeply into the weeds here, the point is the road to Splitsville just came out. Um, it's a paperback, uh, you know, a big size paperback, trade paperback, whatever they call it. And uh, it's great if you want to look at your own relationships. And if, God forbid, you're in the middle of a divorce or thinking about a divorce, it is a great guide. It will save you lots of money in the long run, lots of money and lots of aggravation. And that was the point of the book. So after we talk about our divorces, we want to escape and read The Handler. And The Handler is available on Amazon and in all major bookstores. Jeffrey Stevens, you're always welcome on the show. And of course, this is one of the Jewish Patriots. Uh, personal gift guide choices. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Christmas. And let's have a good 2023. Sounds good to me. All right. Good morning, Patriots. You are listening to the Kel and Kill Morning Show on the Real Talk Radio Network. Kel Brazil is here. Dan Strauss, my name, Drew Shelton. And that music means it's 730 on Tuesday, and the Jewish Patriot is with us. That's Cindy Gross. Cindy, good morning. How are you? Good morning. Hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving, and now we're getting ready for 
Christmas and Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, and whatever holidays you want to celebrate, birthdays, anniversaries. I think this is the best time of the year. People are the nicest to each other, and people are in a festive mood. No, Festivus. I I love it. Uh, Festivus. <laughs> Seinfeld <laughs> reference Seinfeld there. Thing, yeah. uh, but no, I we yeah, had a great Thanksgiving, so thank you, Cindy. And yeah, this this month, there's so much, uh, so many holidays to, to celebrate, so hopefully everyone has a joyous holiday season. You know, we were talking yesterday uh, as we were talking about what we want to bring up here on today's interview with you, and uh, there's just, the headline is this, the most dangerous person in the world, and I'm going to leave it to you. Uh, just give us the backstory on that and who is, in your mind, in, in your thoughts, the most dangerous person in the world today. Well, actually, it's been making headlines around the world, but Mike Pompeo said, and I couldn't agree more, considering I know Randy Weingarten firsthand. I have watched her now with her power, first in New York City as head of NYSIT, the New York uh, United Federation of Teachers in New York, and now head of the American Federation of Teachers, destroy, first of all, our children with, our, uh, with what they're teaching in schools, they, she has destroyed the occupation of educators and anybody involved in the school system because not people who aren't qualified are now uh, holding positions rather than those who have the ability to teach children, to teach parents about reading, writing, math, American history, scientific facts, and she uses her power and union dues money that she demands from her uh, membership to um, endorse and financially support candidates that are not the best qualified to legislate for our schools. And this has been going on for decades. It's just elevated now because people became aware of things through the uh, COVID. But as we speak today, Republicans and conservatives and Democrats with common sense and independents are losing the battle of education because of the power that Randy Weingarten has and the money she has attached to that power. Unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, there is just something totally wrong with our education system now, and I don't know how we can even get it fixed or get it back on track because it's nothing nothing like when I was growing up 15 years ago in school. I mean, I, I could not imagine being in school now and what these, what these kids but are that's taught. that's a mistake. You just 15 years ago, they were teaching the Common Core woke uh, lessons that no one really paid attention to, That's even right. though people tried to pay attention to it. So we have a generation of young parents who don't know how to read and write, who don't know simple math, who can't actually do in their head a simple change when they go to a store, who don't know American history, and thus cannot teach it to their children. There is no parent accountability in our schools like there is around the world and in systems that where um, students are excelling. There is no accountability for uh, principals and educators and elected officials tied to these failing schools that have actually even been arrested, and I know this firsthand, that Randy Weingarten is aware of. You know, we talk a lot about the Balenciaga situation with child abuse. Well, they have a mandated reporting laws by, um, in state and federal levels about suspected abuse and neglect. Now, everybody, including Randy Weingarten, is a mandated reporter. Yet, they'd rather not do the 
law required mandated record, uh, reporting to help students in trouble at home, to help get them the services they need, and to punish and discipline parents accordingly because it makes their school reviews look bad and extra work. And this is going on around the country, which is another effect why she's the most dangerous person, because she leads people that put children in dangerous situations, whether or not it's mandated reporting or hiding weapons. And I'm not talking just guns. I'm talking about knives, pencil points that are used, razors. Kids in elementary school are carrying these things in knapsacks and are using them and a lot of times to protect themselves from bullies. And, and this is all going on in schools around the country, cities, suburbs, private, that, that she wants to unionize. Public, especially public schools where there are minority students. You know, Cindy, I want to go back to something you said earlier about these kids who count, count, can't count up. And, and it's not kids. I mean, you're right, absolutely right. These are adults. I have been in stores where I've witness them pulling out their phone to count the correct amount of change to give back oh to and if me. you oh my goodness if you give them if you give someone like i'll say it's like the bill's 722 and you go here i have two cents and they look at you with this blank look in your face like mm-hmm. if you give them eight dollars or something like that right. or whatever and you you give them change it's like they freak out. No, no, no. Here, let me just do that because it's on the screen is what I'm supposed to give you back. <laughs> and you try to help them, and it's like, no. No, no. no. Yeah, it. it just goes right over their head. They there panic. Are, there are grown adults who right now don't know how to write in cursive. Where have we gone wrong? And this is not a political issue. This happens no. on the left, and it happens on Absolutely. the right. So this is education should be a nonpartisan issue that needs bipartisan support. What's worse is that because they have these kangaroo court systems and arbitration for terminations that are paid for by teachers' unions, including the arbitrators and elected officials that are tied to all of this, anybody who tries to help fix the system, like myself, gets, uh, tries to file lawsuits and speak out, gets punished for it physically, emotionally, financially, uh, professionally, mm-hmm. and it's very hard to stand up to people like Randy Weingarten. And another thing I want to add why she's such a dangerous person. She uh, uses her power to influence worldwide politics. Why is she, as a teachers' union representative, going to Ukraine, getting exactly. involved in the Palestinian situation? Mock, I mean, she actually blamed Jewish parents for having power uh, during the whole situation with Black Lives Matter. They should be teaching math and reading and writing and the classics, not reinventing history and telling parents about what they should be proud about from their own heritage. Exactly. And so, Cindy, to to the person who is listening to this conversation right now and they're saying, yeah, but what what can we do when we go to school board meetings? We're shamed. We're uh, penalized. We're not being listened to. So what do you say? Labeled a domestic terrorist. Absolutely. So what do you say to that person? How else can I'm going to tell you something. We have a bigger problem. My lawsuit is the longest running lawsuit in New York State. And even places like Fox who featured Randy Weingarten regularly, and even places like Newsmax are afraid to talk to whistleblowers because they're afraid of union power. 
And right now, I am in the middle of a situation locally where a local library tied to a Jewish organization is co-sponsoring an event with drag queens for preschoolers, and parents are up in arms. Well, I am telling you, 2023 is the year of local uh, elections. This is more important right now than worrying about who's running for president because the tone that's set in 2023 will set the tone of your Congress, your senators, and there's about 20 of them up for re-election in 2024, and the White House. Get immediately the names of your local elected officials who are in office, Find out what legislation they have sponsors in regard to education. Reach out to me. You guys know you can reach me through Drew, through Kel, through the radio station, through any of my social media handles, Cindy Gross or the Jewess Patriot. I would gladly help you organize. I'm going to start touring the country in 2023. And one of the topics we are going to talk about is working together It doesn't matter if you're Democrat or Republican. This is an issue that needs to be addressed immediately, or we are going to lose America. I don't disagree with that in any way. Drew, you got any other Mm -mm. final questions? Uh, No, I just I I I commend you, Cindy, for actually trying to trying to stand up for this because it it has to change. Uh, You have a show coming up again on Sunday, four o'clock here locally, uh, Central Standard Time on our network. And what's uh, what's on the program this Sunday? So we're taking a little break from the heavy politics. I think everybody is a little tired of it. And we're going to be focusing the next few weeks on holiday celebrations and what we can learn from each other's cultures with simple gift-giving, entertaining tips, cooking ideas, and really just sharing the the feeling of family, friends, freedom, fun and festivities for everybody and you don't have to be jewish to be a part of the cindy gross show the jewess patriot part of real talk radio i'm so happy to be here and to share it with you all see hey uh cindy and and i want to take advantage of all of this because i was actually raised catholic but then found out later on that my grandma's maiden name was Rosenberg and we have Jewish blood in our family and I think that makes me Jewish so I can celebrate Christmas and Hanukkah correct? Absolutely and I'll be honest with you (laughs) I'll be honest with you a lot of the tips we're giving for example one of our um, guests is uh, talking all about the great kosher wines. Kosher wines are now winning international awards and there are special wines for this festive season that go just as well a Christmas dinner, the perfect gift for anybody you want to give a gift to, a great stocking stuffer. So what I'm trying to do is share and find where we have some common ground where we can enjoy each other's company and cultures together and still just be patriots. Yeah. Cindy, you had me at wine. I'm, yeah. <laughs> you had me at wine. Wine's good anytime. We'll have to get you some. We will have to get you some. Wine is good anytime. <laughs> Cindy Gross, the Jewish Patriot. Thank you so much. Um, website, real quick. Thank to you, direct as people. always. Where can people get to you, real quick? Again, I'm on Facebook, Instagram. Uh, LinkedIn, I was thrown off Twitter, don't even try it, and I'm not going to play around with it. The shows are uh, through Real Talk Radio, download the app, and of course you can always read my articles, Israel National News. I have a brand new one coming up, 
today in the Manhattan, which is part of Human Events, all about Trump and the Jews, because I have a little different take than what you're seeing in the mainstream media. Mm. Very good. And okay. it's important to note your, the spelling of your last name is G-R-O-S-Z. Correct. It's Hungarian, yes. Very good. Well, Cindy, thank you so much. Have a good rest of your week. We'll look forward to the show this weekend and talking with you all throughout this holiday season. Thank you so much. All right. Take care. I look forward to being next week. We'll talk maybe about the Trump and the Jews issue next week. Very good. All right, everybody, quick break. We'll be right back. Thanks for joining today's Cindy Gross Show, America's premier Jewish woman activist. Be sure to download Cindy's next show, as well as previous ones, available internationally on iHeartRadio, Spotify, and in Israel on Jewish podcasts. See you next time on the Cindy Gross Show.